What up, Sage? Yo, what's up, man? Yo, flip your phone, brother. I got you like this. The city of New York, Boricua from the Bronx. What's going on, bro? Oh, man, long time, long time, no talk. Yeah, man. Just finished eating lunch, bro. I was about to message you. I was like, did this guy forget? And for some reason, my phone didn't alert me either. So I have it, you know, 30 minutes before, but I didn't see anything. Like, I didn't see any pop-ups or nothing. It's weird. I'm still I'm still ironing this shit out, you know? <clears throat> like, all the... Trying to basically automate as much as I can. Because you saw all you had to do was click a time. Yeah. Boom, everything, you know. Like, I'm yeah. trying to automate this shit much as I can, you know, just to make it easy for everybody, man. Yeah. The only thing about those apps is like, you know, do you feel like uh, the, the, a problem with people who might want to book you for something that, that you don't even want to work with that person or you want, you don't even have to want to have a meeting with that person? Like I, I don't, of- I, so I don't, I don't have it listed on my website or publicly available. Oh, that's why. Okay. Yeah, yeah. So only people that I want to talk to, I send the link to. Got it. Got it. You know, um, yeah. And, and I've been using this other method, like where you create a one-time use link. I wanted to put it on my website, you know. Um, yeah. I wanted to do that, but it's exactly what you said. I was like, mm, you know what? I'm going to start getting the same kind of shit that I get emails for, you know, people pushing their garbage and stuff. So yeah. I'm like, I'm like, nah, you know what? I'll send the link to the people I want to talk to. Yeah, yeah. You know, there's no shortage of, of interesting people that I know. So, you know, I'm not, you know, like uh, too worried about um needing them to come to me. You know what yeah. I mean? Like, yeah. So I have um, on, on Artist Connect, and this is the reason why I said that, on Artist Connect, um, I have, uh, you can't really contact, I mean, you can't really schedule you can't really force someone to, you can't uh, book someone and use up their schedule unless they authorize first that they want to work with you. So that, I'm just going to grab my dog because she's tripping over here. That is actually one of the most demanded features on this, this platform. Come here, come here, girl. come here. She's, she's going nuts, man. <laughs> How is your dog? <laughs> she is, she's she's been with us um almost three years but she is jumping on the bed i'm trying to grab her she's jumping around she's fucking crazy man all right hold up i just i just grabbed her she's like a little bunny rabbit man she's she's bugging man yeah so that's one of the most um like high high demanded um features on that app that i use they want to yeah. make it so that Somebody requests the appointment and you have the option to say no or say yes. Because right now it automatically does it. Yeah. That's what makes Like I remember when I was making my app, my programmers or some of the people were like, you know, don't you want to put a calendar option? I was like, I definitely thought about it. But I was like, imagine I'm working in the studio. You know, you just think about yourself. There's people I don't want to, I don't want to work with. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, for and, sure. Um, I want to screen everyone first before they just, I just wake up and say, Oh yeah, I got to record so-and-so on whatever date. I don't even know who it is. It turns out to be some kind of wacko, you know what I mean? Somebody I don't even want to, you know, work with. So even though it's a convenience, I think it's an unnecessary convenience that ends up mm-hmm. you know, um, making the experience. So, so how, how'd you set it up right now? Like, um, so right by now, the way, 
By the way, this is Angel Art Talk on nyctalking.com, and this is Jabran Malik. And, you know, these are, these are some people that I just know and I haven't talked to in a minute, and we just jump right into the conversation. It's just one of those, we just jump right into it, you know? It's like there's no there's no need to be like, uh, you know, no formalities. Just jump right into the conversation. We just already started flowing, you know. We didn't even set it up. There's no need to. We just we just flow. So so you you said you have that option, but you um, you have them to approve it. Yeah. So so this is how it, it works. So let's say you want to set up a profile with services, right? And let's say you're a host and you host parties and you're good, you're good at it. So you say, okay, I'll host your party for 500 bucks. So you list that as a service on your profile and it becomes like a service box that they can tap on. Um, and then now people can request you. They can see your work on your social media links on your profile. They can go into your Instagram and see like, oh yeah, this guy knows what he's doing. Um, or they like your stuff. You know, they like your comedy. They see what you do. Then they request you. When they request you, uh, you see it as an incoming gig in your incoming gig list. And then you can see who that person is. You can look at their profile, look at their information and see if you even want to work with this person, you know, and then you can choose to accept it or ignore it, the request. Hmm. Um, If you uh, ignore it and nothing really happens, it's just like, okay, you know, you could be busy, you you know, you're not available, whatever the case. Also, they're um, not they're not seeing your calendar. They're requesting you prior to any visibility as to your availability. Exactly. Exactly. I see. Okay, that that's nice. Yeah, yeah. So if you decide to work with this person, then you you know accept the request, talk about the details of the job. And what I did was, you know how uh, people are always like, uh, you know, they when they hear the word contract and paperwork, they just get turned off. And we all do. Like, we're just like, ah, oh, I got to do a contract with this guy. You know, that's mm. a whole thing. You know what I mean? Like, we have to have an agreement. So what I did was I turned the chat space into the agreement. So basically, as you're talking about the details of the job with this guy, like, hey, I want to book you for a party on uh, October 31st, you know, Halloween or whatever. Um, and you say, okay, that sounds great. Um, I'm, I am available. How many hours do you need me for? Da, 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 all these different details. Da, da, da. And then you say, hey, listen, um, I have a, a one-week cancellation policy. If you cancel a week before the date or, or later, I keep the deposit. Mm. And, the, and, the, and the person agrees to it and says yes in the chat. That's fine. Then they're bound by that. You understand? Right. So right. we as a company ensure your deposit by looking at the chat and what they agreed to. So now if they try to cancel a week afterwards, that deposit that they pay through the app, by the way, they pay, they pay your deposit through the app. So the deposits in that job and then we hold it in escrow. So if they decide to cancel after that cancellation date, they can't get their deposit back. You know what I mean? It would, it would go to you because they agreed that they would, you know, so and this is all, this is all understood beforehand by both participants, right? That the chat is, contractually binding and everything it's that for every chat it says like hey say it in the chat protect yourself and the client uh artist connect will use this chat in the event of a dispute to help rectify uh, disagreements or whatever so um you know it protects you and then uh, once you once you lock in the date um you know you use your own calendar because i mean 
I, I mean, I like the iPhone calendar. I mean, of course, we could make something which is like a calendar that's easier to, you know, a separate calendar or work calendar. But I don't, I'm not sure how necessary that is yet. Um, hmm. I, I think the other aspects of uh, making the gig uh, solid are more important, like as far as like contractually obligating people uh, while you're conversating with them in the uh, chat space without having to do an extra agreement. Now, there are jobs that you need an extra agreement, but for most things when it comes to gigs, it's really just cancellation dates, it's details of the job, whether or not you actually perform the service or not, um, things like that, you know? So that's most of the situation. So that's what Artist Connect takes care of. And then even you as a buyer, let's say you wanna hire, I don't know, a graphic designer through Artist Connect, right? Mm -hmm. And uh, you found this really dope graphic designer in like Iowa. Obviously, you're not going to go to Iowa and meet this person, but um, you see their catalog, you see what they do, and the cost of living is really cheap out there, so they charge really a lot less for really great work. So you hit them up, and they ask for a deposit, too. Now, you might be thinking, wait a minute, I don't even know this guy. You know what I mean? Um, but again, your deposit is protected. So if they never deliver the service, and they never, right. give, you know, they never do anything... You just cancel with the dispute. We look into it. If they never respond or they never created the, they never uh, created the content for you, then you get your deposit back. So everything both ways is you have like an insurance with Artist Connect that you don't get with other um, apps. You know, um, I understand PayPal has uh, their thing, but I went through their situation once with somebody, and PayPal system uh, is it's so it's like a robot. It's a completely automated. You can't. Yeah, they're, um, they're too big right now. They're, you know, yeah, they're not. Uh, there's no personal touch there. Yeah, you can't follow up with them and say, hey, uh, you know, this person said this. It's like a one time. You submit whatever you think is evidence, and if they don't rule in your favor, that's it. You know, there's nothing you can do. What um, what prompted you to do this? You know, you were initially like, uh, well, you've, you've done rap, you know, um, anybody who's seen our prior conversations know you rap and you also do engineering, you know, uh -huh. um, audio engineering and, you know, you, you've dabbled in photography. You've messed around with a whole bunch of stuff. What, what, you know, like what, what's happening one day you're sitting at home and um, you just kind of just say, I want to do an app, you know, like what, what brings that? So I think, uh, well, I remember the day it happened. I was actually on the plane. And I think I was flying uh, for South by Southwest, I think. Uh, it was definitely in 2016. I was flying over to Texas. And while I was in the plane, it just hit me. The idea just came to me. And I was like, wow. I always, you know how, like, you know, in your mind, you have, like, all these different bits and pieces to an idea, but you don't really think of it as a whole idea. You know, so I knew in the studio all those times that people used to be like, hey, Sage, you know anybody who's a singer? You know anybody mm -hmm. who's a good photographer? You know anybody who's a, who does videos? I used to know people, but I didn't know how reliable they were. I didn't know how much they charged. I couldn't broker the situation between, you know, every client and, and, and every other, you know, person. And, um, and I didn't want to put my name out there for people who are talented, but they weren't reliable, you know? Right, right tricky thing you might see somebody and say hey this guy's amazing or this girl's amazing in their talent and then they're just terrible when it comes to reliability so then you recommend them and you're and the person's like hey this guy canceled on me they did this they did that and you're like 
damn, man, I put my name out there for that guy, you know. Makes you look bad, you know. Yeah, so, you you, you want to be, that's like recommending someone for a professional job. You're not going to vouch for them if, you know, they're not, they're not legit because it, it hurts you, you know? Exactly. So I was in the plane, and all of a sudden, the way the app looks now is the way that it came to me in my vision. And I wanted to draw it right away. And I, I told the, uh, the, the flight attendant, I said, hey, do you have anything like a pen and a paper? She was like, I have a pen. I don't have it. We don't have any paper. And then so I took the pen and I took like the barf bags, you know, those barf yeah, bags. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> papery, you can actually write on it. Um, and I took a bunch of barf bags and I just drew the whole app the way it works. It came to me like a like Neo from the Matrix when he like wakes up. <laughs> and he's like, I know Kung Fu. Like it was like that. So I just drew the whole thing and um and that was it. And then I was like, this is the app. Then I was like, I need to find a programmer to just make all this happen, you know, that knows code. And um, I went on the hunt for uh, a young, uh, smart programmer that wasn't part of a big company that I would have to pay $100,000 just to start or something. You know what I mean? Um, uh, and, and, we, and we built it. I, I just instructed him and I was able to pay him like, you know, incrementally over the course of years to develop this app because I just didn't have the money for, uh, you know, a six month turnaround. So it took me from 2016 to 2019 to get the, just the iPhone version. Um, and then in 2019, at the end of 2019, I was, I found someone who helped me with the Android version and we just released the Android version, uh, back in July. I think it was officially it was the official release was in July. So it's only been a couple of months that we really started promoting it. We have 1,200 users. We have um, we have a lot. There's a lot going on that behind the scenes where, you know, we're hoping that certain things go through and and Artist Connect will be like a household name. You know. Nice. Yeah, I've seen I've seen you uh, put billboards up, some pretty big billboards and stuff. Obviously, getting out there and talking to people, even nobodies like me, you know, <laughs> it gets it gets invisible and stuff. Especially if you got a good product, you know, you know. And I know you've you know you've spoken about this for a while, so you know I know I know you've been grinding on this, you know. And you're yeah. still doing you're still doing like um, engineering stuff, and I'm still doing it. I'm still doing engineering, but I might be retiring from that soon uh, to focus more on Artist Connect. Because it's um, taking a lot of your time to things, oh, you're things a CEO are, now, right? You know, huh? you're, you're a CEO of a, of a of a company, right? That's that's what that, it kind of you know. I never even thought about it like that, but I, yeah, I am. That's crazy. Yeah, that's what it is, dude. Think about it, man. I mean, twelve hundred users, a couple months. Say it becomes you know hundreds and hundreds, thousands. You know, now now you're not now you got this amazing product this tech dude people retire doing things like this man you know I, so I, hey and you know how much i love like you know the spiritual uh the right like the books that i write i mean the, of the book that i wrote i but i want to write so much more and i do write still but um i know me i can't do three things at once i can do two things at once i can't do three <laughs> so you know, shout yeah, out to on. everybody who can do more than two things at once <laughs> I, I can't do it at least yeah, not when you when you put these up, right, that says my student said this to me and I responded with this, yeah. are these real things that happened? Or no, I, no, I never, is, give me the context of that. So this is what happened. I, 
was getting like these stories in my head. I guess it's from the years of rapping too. Like, it's just like a rapper's brain never just turns off, you know, once you activate that muscle. Yeah. Um, but uh, what would happen is like these philosophical questions would come to my mind and the answers would come to my mind as well. And um, it would just come to me as a story where there was, an, there was a teacher, there was a, there was a student, there was a situation, there, was, there were characters, uh, and it would, it would explain this entire philo philosophical question and give it an answer that would make sense to the reader. Like, wow, that makes a lot of sense that that could be why that, you know, these things happen, why, you know, good things happen to bad people and all these, all these tough questions in life. Um, and I started putting these stories together and I realized like every couple of days, one of these stories would come to me and I couldn't force it. Uh, and I didn't have enough in the beginning to, you know, put a book out or anything like that. But as time went on, there was enough stories for me to like put together an actual book. Mm. So I was, why don't I just, why don't I just make this into a book? And then for a time, for a time, I wanted to connect all the stories into one story. But what I decided to do was, and I thought this was really nice, is make it like a teacher's diary mm. of different events that the teacher came across. Think of it like, if, like, you know how they say the gospel according to Mark, the gospel according to John, the gospel according to, you know, Luke. Um, think of this like the gospel according to Jesus, like as if he was the one writing the stories, like I'm the teacher and these oh. are the events that occurred in my life. So this, this is a series of, of, of different events into many chapters, really small chapters, that is basically, like I said, a teacher's diary and a collection of all these different, um, you know, philosophical questions that were posed to him and the answers that were given. Uh, and, you know, it's really, I think it's really entertaining. And I think that everyone um, would find something in that book that would, uh, that would really give them some kind of, um, if not, if not like meaning in life, definitely, uh, help in the clarity uh, in this complicated world that we live in, you know, help find some clarity. Cradle of Prophecies, right? The Cradle of Prophecy, Volume 1. Mm -hmm. It's on Amazon. It's only 13 bucks. Um, I promise you it's a great read. No matter what, you're going to get something from it. It's not that long. It's only 150, around 150 pages. So it's kind of like how The Alchemist is. I was kind of looking at, because I love the way The Alchemist as far as like from beginning to end, how it, how, it, how it goes through. It doesn't feel too long, it doesn't feel too short. And that's kind of exactly like how my book is. So, um, yeah. It's one of, my, one of my favorite authors, Paulo Coelho. Yeah. He's got so, I have all his books here, the majority of them. I, I yeah. might be missing a couple, but I, I'm a big fan of, it's one of the few physical books that I have that I've kept are the Paulo Coelho books. Like he's, yeah. you know, one of the few people that, I'd love to meet, you know, like a famous person, you know, yeah. there's not, there's not too many famous people that I would actually like to like have a conversation with, you know, um, yeah. I don't, you know, I try not to get starstruck and shit like that, you know, like with these, yeah. you know, but, but he's one of the ones that I'd love to just talk to, man. Like the guy's, you know, is just a fascinating storyteller, you know? So if yeah. you modeled it after him or he kind of inspired it, it's definitely a good place a good place to, to get going, you know? Yeah. yeah. I would say he inspired, I'm not sure if he inspired it. Um, you just maybe, mean the style of the, 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 the length and stuff you meant, right? Yeah. Cause I didn't know, I didn't know how long the book should be, but I, re but I remembered 
that I liked the length of The Alchemist. Like I liked the way it played out. So I just, I just felt comfortable releasing the book knowing that I had enough content that it would be the same length as The Alchemist because I thought that that was a perfect read, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, uh, he's definitely somebody I would love to talk to too because like you said, a fascinating storyteller. Um, and I would love to know how much of his process is similar to mine if there is. And if that's just the way that, you know, stories come to, you know, authors like uh, like ourselves. Um, but yeah, man. So uh, the book, the app, um, audio engineering, I love. I think I'm probably going to go into maybe teaching uh, because mm-hmm. I've been I've been audio engineering for like 20 years, more than 20 years now. But professionally, professionally for 17 years. Um, and I, I just I have so much knowledge. I just want now it's like at the point like I want to give it back you know but i want to do it in a way where um it's it's done you know in a very nice way so i, I think that uh there's so I, much I, there's so much to unpack in that you yeah. know like even just editing this here you know like um it takes me so much time when i have to edit a podcast um yeah. even if it's 30 minutes an hour it's very time consuming and i, I certainly I don't do, I guess, what you'd consider professional grade, right? Because I don't have the skill set, you know? Um, I improve it as best I can, but I don't. I just don't have the skill set. But simply hearing you say that, and I'm thinking, okay, this is what I'd like to learn. This is what I'd like to learn. There's, like, I wouldn't even know how to begin that type of a class. Like, what, what, what would your, like, what would be lesson one? <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, how do you even think of like how do you break it down because it's i i i mean i don't know but even from just my little editing there's so much the the audio the the you know getting the audio right like if 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 i were to give you an episode of my podcast and have you edit it and you hear me edit it you would hear a difference in everything so how do you even begin to teach you know yeah so so here's the thing um, when I went to audio engineering school, um, the first thing they taught us before they taught us any techniques was music theory, right? What is sound? What is sound? What is, you know, what, what is the frequency range? What is like when you're hearing something, what, what, you know, what are you hearing? What's actually happening? And I thought that was great. You know, that makes a lot of sense. Um, so I would incorporate just that so that you, you know, cause it's all about when you approach a piece of audio, right? But every piece of audio is different. You know what I mean? Just like how every person is different. So mm-hmm. you have to know how to, what your strategy is gonna be to approach this piece of audio prior to you thinking about any techniques whatsoever. You hear a song that's really he- heavy, like bass heavy. You already know that you're gonna have to worry about, you know, how the vocals and the bass are gonna contend with each other. You know what I mean? So you have to be ready to tackle that and how to understand, like people always ask me like, you know, what plugins do you use? I, I have a set of plugins, but I never use them. I never use them as they are. I never use them as they are. I, I'll take a plugin just as a base, kind of like how like a painter would take something as a base, but they never just use the base. You know what I mean? They mix it with another color. They do certain things. You mess around with it. So. I'm, I'm manipulating all the time. So like every, every time I work on a song, it's always like a custom approach. 
There's not a one, you know, there's not that, you know, that meme, that picture where it says, it shows the leak and the guy takes the black tape and he just smacks it on and he's like, <laughs> yeah. it right away. Like, you can't yeah. really do that in engineering. At least it won't be perfect. You know what I mean? It won't be right. So what I would teach my students right away is I would spend the first couple of classes just straight up teaching them like Mr. Miyagi. Like I would first teach you, you think you're not learning karate, but you are. I'm teaching you how to approach sound and what what you would do, what you would need to do for every track. And then once you know that, then I'll teach you the techniques. Like here, this is EQing, this is compression, this is, you know, uh, you know, hard limiting, this is all these different techniques, you know what I mean? And why you can use them and what you can use them for. And mm. I want to see if you guys know when to use the right things at the right times. Like in this situation, you can't just slap on a bunch of plugins. I want to see if you realize that you can't use this plugin for this, or you have to more go more in this direction for this. Once you get that kind of stuff down packed, then you're on your way to become an amazing engineer, you know? So, um, so it's, it's a lot about really just how sound works, how human beings hear sound and how, uh, how you need to approach every piece of audio differently. That's how I would, I would go about it. You know, the first test would be, what would you do in this situation? What would you need to fix for this song? What would you need to fix for this song? What would you need to fix for this song? That's the first test. You don't have to know exactly how to do it, but I want to know whether or not you know what you need to do. Right. And you can, right. if you can answer those questions correctly, then I can give you the tools. Now we can talk about the tools that you need to do for every situation. But I first want to know, do you know what to do? Because otherwise, if you don't know what to do, you're going to have a client in the future, a client's, and you're going to be spending double the amount of time trying to figure out what you need to do and, and why you need to do it. And you're not going to have consistency in your sound and the clients are going to know and they're going to realize it and, and, and you're not going to be looked at as a, as a top engineer, you know? Mm. Yeah. And that's even before you ever get to the creative aspects of it. Cause you know, we've worked together musically a lot and um, you know, you, you make me sound like I'm actually good, but you also do these things that you create. <laughs> you create these things. So, so you hear something and you'll, you just come up with these ideas and stuff. So that's, that. my dog is bugging, man. I don't know if you can see what she's doing. Yeah. She, she climbs you, had her, on, now, you had her like in a state of Zen for like, a, like 15 minutes. When she was, <laughs> at least 15 minutes. She just, she's just like, oh, like she climbs on top of me. She falls asleep this way with my arm like this, you know. Yeah. But yeah, there's, there's a, there's clearly the creative side that you, you probably, you can't teach. That has to come, you know. Like, like there's ideas that you have, you know. You say, oh, you know what, you know what's gonna sound good here, and that'll come with experience and everything. But just before you ever even could possibly get to that, you've got to get those, those core basics down, you know. Yeah. Um, and, and from my little experience of, uh, you know, editing podcasts and, you know, um, and, and in fact, I've even tried it with music, but I, I remember watching you and simply by sitting there watching you editing, I, I was able to get enough to, to do some, you know, some, some basic editing, you know, just in terms of, okay, I see what he's doing. He's, He's layering this, how you're matching up the, the waves to each other, yep. you know, um, little things like that. And I use that even to edit Zumba music, 
So like um, when I'm going to teach Zumba, some songs, I think they're too long. They'll have um, eight repetitions of the same, the same part. I want it to be four. You know, I don't know what the parts are called, but I know that there's eight of them because I'm, you know, it's like, you know what, that's too much. I cut it down to four. And then I shortened the song by even like a minute or whatever. Sometimes there's a piece that I like more than another. I move it around. I engineer these songs, you know. Um, and if you listen to it, maybe you could pick it out. You know, you'd be able to say, nah, this is where you change that shit, you know. But it sounds almost perfect. You know, like like I put yeah. it, you know, like like the layers are put, you know, and I just picked that up just sitting there watching you. I'm like, okay, that's what he's doing. I'm going to try that, you know, and, and, you know, it's been helpful to me. So I, I imagine that a full scale class would be, you know, would be really useful because yeah. I mean, there's just so much I know I don't know, you know, yeah. even what yeah. you said about like knowing what you're looking for, yeah. you know, that part itself, knowing what you're trying to do, finding out even to figure out how to fix it. If you don't truly know what you have to do, because I'll sometimes, if I don't use this headset and I use my, my mic, I'll get a lot of echo. Mm-hmm. Um, and to get the echo, I'll, I'll, I'll try searching for, you know, removing echo. But there's different types of echo. There's different types of, of um, you know, um, reverb or whatever. So simply there's, there's no cookie cutter thing, you know. And mm-hmm. it's very difficult to, you know, um, I try to use some of the built-in tools. <laughs> Yeah. It's in my face now. <laughs> you know, I try to use the built-in tools and stuff, um, but no, it's very challenging. You know, there's a, there's a lot to learn for that. You know, yeah. I'd definitely yeah. be interested in something like that, man, because I think I think it would be very, very helpful. In, yeah. In, and also, part of part of teaching this uh, to be a great engineer is to love the work to be able to understand how to love the work your clients are, are, are recording are doing, you know, like you want to, you want to be able to enjoy it with your client, because if you truly, that's the greatest, I'm telling you, when you're an artist and you see that the engineer is engaged in your music and is hearing things in your work um, and knowing when to do drops and, you know, and the Mm -hmm. right suggestions even if they're not always perfect, but just to know that he's in the right direction and he kind of understands what you're doing, that is priceless. That's somebody, that's a, that'll become a long-term client. You know what I mean? Wow, and wow. the ears that want to make, uh, they want to make a living out of their talent, they have to understand how to do that. They have to understand, like, what is it that you, like, I want to help bring your vision to life. And if I understand your vision, then... And I can and I can express that and show you that and you can see that that I understand your vision, then that's an amazing amazing connection and that that becomes a long term relationship, and financially obviously you know when you have long term clients, you have you have a great situation going you know um, and also just you're loving your job you know the best jobs are the ones that you love so you have to really love engineering you have to love what you want to do because I can teach you the tools I can teach you the methods but I can't give you that umph to want to do it you know. So make sure that, you know, as a, as well, this is actually the teacher's responsibility to see in the student, whether or not they have that passion. So if they don't have that passion, this is what happened in uh, Artie when I went to school back in 2002 for engineering, we dropped, well, not we, but the teacher dropped, I think we had uh, 
I think we might have had like maybe 14 students when we started. And we knew, all of us knew, uh, the ones that stayed, knew like the five or six dudes that just like, you guys are not going to make it. Like you, you're not into this, you know? Like you thought you were, maybe you wanted to sign up, you thought our engineering was cool, but within the first two, three classes, the teacher noticed that you're not, you're not, you're not passionate enough to follow this through. So they got dropped, you know? Um, and I think the remaining class that completed was maybe, I think eight, eight or nine students, um, including myself. So uh, you have to also see that, you know, a lot of people think they want to engineer and then once they see what it is, they're not interested in being passionate about what they're, what the artist does. They don't have that much of a interest, you know? So you have to know, do you want to just know a couple of techniques or do you want to actually do this for a living? Let me know what you want to do. You know, this way I can understand right, how, right. how to tell you what to, you know, how to approach the situation. Yeah. I imagine that's tough because I mean, we're all subjective, right? We're, we're subjective in what we like and what we don't like. So yeah. if I were an audio engineer, I'm not probably not going to like every song and I'm not going to like every artist and every style. So I can imagine it must be, if you're not able to do that, it will be very difficult to spend three hours with somebody working on a song that you fucking hate. You know, like, like you hate this fucking song. You hate the guy's voice. You hate the content. You know, that, that, that's tough, you know. Like, I always wondered about that with you. Like, I know you work with a lot, a lot of artists, right? Yeah. And, um, and, you know, I'm sure some of them were like, like, you're like, oh, my God, this is amazing. And then there's some where you're like, you know. Like, what is this guy? You know, dude, I, yeah. I, I was thinking, like, how the hell did you let me record that Warrior song? You know? Like, I listen to that shit now, man. And I'm like, fuck, man. You know, like... No. like let me tell like, you I think I think it's a good song. I, I, I lost you. There you go. I think it's a good song, but when I listen to it now, I'm like, damn. I, I wrote that content? You know, like... You know, like, like... So let me tell you what happens. Okay. So not just with artists, but I mean, all kinds of artists. Um, you'll see movie actors. There's a lot of movie actors that can't even watch their own films. I'm talking about a, like amazing actors that me and you would be like, that was a phenomenal performance. Everybody mm -hmm. would say that was a phenomenal performance, but the actor himself or herself can't even stand looking at themselves because mm -hmm. they think it's terrible. They see all the mistakes that they made that we don't even, we're not even seeing it, you know? Um, right. right. So like, it's interesting because this is a phenomenon that exists no matter what. So what I do is I say to every client, I want you to be the best you can be at this moment in time. You know, right. can't put 10,000 hours of mastery into you <laughs> in one studio <laughs> session, but I could definitely make you the best you are right now and maybe a little bit better. You know, I can push you to the next. It's like, it's like when you go to the gym, if you could do 20 reps, I'm going to get you to 30. You know what I mean? Right, right. I can't get you to, to 200 because you're going to die right there on the gym floor. You won't even be able to make it. <laughs> but I get you to, I'll, I'm going to make, my job is to get you past where you're already at as much as you can, you know, and be as open as you can. And no matter what, you're always going to find these flaws later on down the line in, in some records, maybe more than others. Um, but for, for the moment that you did the song, 
you were happy. And that was my job is to make you happy with who you were at that moment in time and what you could do at that moment in time, you know? So I always ask clients like, you know, send me a, if I said new client, send me a catalog of your work prior. So I know oh. if I, if you go in the booth right now, I know, Hey, listen, you got to do that over. That's not, you could do much better than that. I've, I already heard your catalog, you know, I've heard right, stuff that's right. better than that. I need to know how far I can push you before I can say, okay, well, I don't think I can get more, anything more out of you, you know? Um, mm. So that's a, that's a thing there. But as far as uh, clients that I, that were like terrible, like that is just like, I have to sit there and just, I'm just gritting my teeth. There are, see, the thing is that most, almost every client, if I tell them like, listen, this is not, I don't believe you. I don't believe you. Like, this is mm. not what you're doing right now. The delivery, I don't believe it. Right. So, 99% of clients respect that 99% right. they're like right. oh this is a real engineer like he's really going to make sure this record comes out good I can attest to that you know you would yeah. you would certainly you know um if if something's not is not on it's like no 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 you can't you I can't let you I can't do this I, I will not record this you know like yeah. I remember you doing that and on the other hand I remember you saying you know if something was genuine you're like uh you know, that was, those were the gr fucking most real ad libs I've ever heard. You remember when I did my pop song? Yeah. Like yeah. You, you're definitely given that real, you know, like, listen, I can't put that out. I won't attach my name to that. Do it again. Yeah. <laughs> you, know? you know? Yeah, 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 for sure. I'll tell you something, though. I've been an engineer for, like I said, 20 years, 17 years professionally. So you remember how hip hop, you know, anyone who knows me knows that my primary, um, like, I, I've done pop, I've done K-pop, I've done... You know, I've even done opera. I've done a lot of different things. But my primary client base is hip-hop and R&B, right? right? So right. hip-hop and R&B back in the days, I'd say 15 years ago, um, was mo like it was more technical. So I could point out and say, hey, listen, you're literally offbeat. Like, you know, you got you to gotta get your flow down pat. You know what I mean? We can't do this song. But as time went on, you know, people are trying a lot of different creative things and you have people that are off, the technically off, like they're off key and they're off tempo, but they're going for that. Right. They want to sound like different it's and weird. Style. And, yeah, yeah. Yeah. They're turning it. You know, they want that natural. It's. I mean, it's more than just a drag. You're like literally off beat, but like they're going for that. So, I had to start like just telling certain artists, and it's very very few, that I was like, listen, I don't know what you're doing. I have a guy, he's... <laughs> right, right, just to, just to give like, you the... I have a guy who's like literally nuts. And I told him straight up, listen, I tried to like, you know, give him advice. And he was like, nah, nah, Sage, you don't know what I'm doing. I was like, all right, man, whatever you say. I'm, I'm going to say what I have to say as an engineer. But right. if you tell me that I don't know what you're doing, bro, I don't know what you're doing. And I genuinely <laughs> don't know what you're doing, right? So he just does these songs. And um, he kind of dictates how he wants things to be done. And it was funny because one day he told me, he was like, yo, I can't wait for everything to blow up because I'm going to tell everybody, you know, King Sage, you know, producer, uh, you know, executive, whatever. I was like, listen, I don't know what you're doing. So you can't put my name out there and say like, yo, Sage knew everything that I was doing, bro. I don't know what the hell you're doing. So and he was like, oh, okay. Because I put it, I put what he was saying to me back on him. Like, listen, I can't represent for your, for your music because I don't even understand. Even if it blows up, 
I have to be, I have to have the integrity to go on, on, uh, on, on any blog or any site and say, you know what? I really didn't know what the hell he was doing. I'm not going to act like I, I knew what this guy was doing. He, I didn't know what he was doing. You're not going to you know? take credit for. Yeah. I can't take credit for that. Like I just didn't know what this kid was doing. So the, what happens is like, I, I don't really grip my teeth. I kind of like look at it like, well, maybe this is the weird stuff that somebody's going to like, you know, I'm 30, I'm about to be 37 in, in, in two months. Maybe this is what's going on. Like I, maybe I'm losing my ability to know, you know, I don't well, know. We all have a different, you know, times change, music changes, yeah. you know, that kid might blow up. Hey, let him give you credit for recording him, you know, but you can of still course. be honest, yes. you know, you can still be like, listen, that's all him. Everything you hear came from him. Yeah. I I recorded it. I did my part, but I can't steal his, you know, I can't say that this is, uh, this is my idea, you know, just, you know, integrity. Yeah. And that's good to have, man. I, you know, I've been, I'm, I've been, I've been trying to be real good with that and, you know, uh, myself and, you know, I, I, I don't know if you, you ever, you ever work, I don't know if you ever heard of or worked with a kid named Keon Torres, right? Yeah. Um, follow him, I think on uh, Instagram. Yeah. So Keon, he's been doing his thing, man. And he's the guy who lit a fire under my ass to get my podcast going, mm. you know, um, he's been, he'd been putting out an episode every Thursday. Every oh, wow. Thursday, consistently. And we were talking about doing a podcast together years ago. And I just been sleeping on it, sleeping on it, sleeping on it. And I see Keon doing it every week, every week without fucking fail. And I said, what the fuck is my excuse? You know, what am I doing here? You know, like I'm the one who kind of inspired him to, to start doing a podcast by talking to him about, po well, let me not, let me not say that. Cause I don't know that I'm the one who inspired him, but me and him were talking about doing a podcast together. Right. Mm -hmm. And it just never happened, but he'd been pumping them out every week, every week reliably. And I said, man, I got to get on my fucking game, you know? Mm -hmm. And he lit a fire under my ass. And I told him, I, he was on the podcast a couple weeks ago. And I told him, I'm like, listen, you know, I give credit where credit is due, man. You're the one who got me to, get get on my get on my grind with this yeah you know yeah. because i saw you know i know your grind i know your hustle and i see it and that shit said to me you know i enjoy doing this but my my podcasts were like three months apart you know yeah, three yeah. months apart per episode you know so i've been you know i've been busting out at least one a week now i don't have it the way he does where he does it like weekly on a certain date mm. i kind of i was trying to do that but I'm too eager, so like I'll record it. I can't wait till till Monday to release it, or till you know I fucking want to release it as soon as I'm done recording. So I've been doing it that way. Um, I don't know which method is better, but but my point is, I I gave the guy credit, you know, like I 100% attribute my my getting active on it again um, was definitely to seeing him, you know. Um, yeah. No, I think I think. Um... I think that's how it always is. Like, you know, we inspire each other and that's how artists connect. Actually part of what artists connect is supposed to be is doing that. So like, you know, you're in a category, let's say you're, like I said, a host, you know, um, that's a, that's a, that's a, that's a set category in artists connect. So now you'll have other people who register as hosts and services as hosts. And um, if you want to be the number one host in artists connect, you have to be doing the most gigs and have the most, you know, clientele and constantly getting paid for doing gigs. 
and you'll move up in rank and you'll stay on top. And I, I, I foresee, you know, people competing to be in the top five in the top 10, you know what I mean? Of, of that category. And, um, it, it, you know, watching other people get work is going to inspire other people to put the fire under their ass to, to keep working. And that's yeah. just going to help the community, you know, um, for all the buyers and everyone who's interested in getting good quality, um, you know, uh, creatives, uh, they'll be able to find them because there's going to be now this, comp this, this friendly, healthy competition where it's like, hey, listen, you know, I'm trying to be the number one uh, person in my field, in my area, you know, on Artist Connect, because Artist Connect is going to be that standard that people are going to look at, like, you know, so it's great. I mean, creatives always inspire other creatives. I think yeah. when it comes to seeing things every week, um, I just say me personally, I, I, I'm, I'm, I think content is everything. Content is the main thing. If you get like an exciting podcast with somebody on a, on a very important topic or very, you know, uh, very um, like right now, if we start talking about the election, you know, yeah. And from this, and if you take a snippet of the segment of me talking something crazy about the election, it's gonna get a lot of, it's gonna get a lot of traffic, you know. Um, when you when you have just great content, great ideas, great topics, and you have exciting, exciting, you know, people who have exciting views on the on, on the on the situation and very engaging, um, I think that that uh, that beats everything, you know. So, I think that's the the most important thing. Yeah, yeah, content. Content is king, right? That's the saying. Yeah, content is king. Yeah, man. yeah I, 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 I didn't want to get bogged down with the schedule because then it, it changes my outlook on it. It becomes a drag, you know. Like I just, I like the freedom to just do it when I, when I'm, you know, you know. Yeah. But the caveat being, fucking get it done. Whereas yeah. before, there was gap, you know, and that's not acceptable, you know. Yeah. Um. But I, I've been busting them out, and I got a backlog. As a matter of fact, I found one we did some years ago. It's a four-hour talk. Me, you, and some dude on Blab, Media Distortions. Uh -oh. Yo, Yo, that shit is like four hours long, man. You know how long uh, it's going to take me to edit I that? Find, I couldn't find it, but I talked about a lot of deep stuff in that one. Um, well, you had asked I, me about it, and I remembered that you had mentioned it. And I did find it, so if you want it, I can get it to you. Um it's, Download, it's, um, I guess throw it in the Dropbox or something like that. Cause yeah, I just want to yeah. have for my records that you know I spoke about these things four years ago. Um, right. uh, and I think yeah, I was that was a, that was a heavy ass conversations there, man. The the media distortions. We were we were on a long fucking call, man. You know, like, that was yeah. a long. That was four four hours. I found yeah. quite a few that that um I wanna I wanna edit down and and use them because they're good. You know, um, yeah. that, that one, maybe I could break down into multiple parts because it's a four hour conversation, bro. Yeah, I definitely you know? make it like into segments. There was a lot, of, there was a lot going on in that. Yeah. Actually, that idea just came to me. You know why? I'll break that down like into three, three or four parts, media distortion. And, you know, yeah, I found, I found quite a few of those blabs. There was a girl who you were connected to named Dina. I think that, I don't know if that was her real name or that was a fake name or whatever, but she, she used to follow your work a lot. And I found one with her mm. and me and her had a pretty, pretty big conversation on religion, you know? Oh yeah. It's pretty cool. Yeah. yeah. Did she change her name on Facebook? Was it once a different name? 
I think it was Dina, but I don't know if that was her real name. But I think that's what she used to have. Mm. Um, she looked white. Could have been any variation of... Um, uh, I think I know who you're talking about. I think I know who you're talking about. I'll, I'll, I can send you that one too. You could check it out. But she used to follow your work and is one of the few people that from you connected to me. Yeah. You know? Um, yeah, but she was a big fan of your stuff. I remember she was... Yeah, yeah. <laughs> talking about, yeah. Um, you know, the religious stuff, uh, like, I was, I was heavy in that stuff. I went more into the spiritual side of things um, because I, I noticed that people are... It, it, it's not... Um, you know, even just even just trying to clarify certain things and say, hey, listen, you know, there's evidence to the contrary of, of such and such. You know, I noticed that and I didn't want people to change who they were. I just wanted them to be a more accurate version of whatever they wanted to be. You know, so if they were a Muslim, I wanted them to be a more accurate version of what I felt a Muslim was based on the history that we're, we're never really told, you know, that are not really told to us as uh as, as Muslims, when we grow up, you know, we just, I think there's like a thing that happens to every community where a lot of, um, a lot of cultural things get, you know, injected into our spiritual uh, traditions that are not really part of the original spiritual tradition. And all I was trying to do was just clarify everybody's situation. And that was my forte. And I started to realize, like, even doing that, um, people were very apprehensive and, and it just, I just started to see so much of the competition uh, and, and the love for the competition between my tradition is more accurate than yours or my tradition right. is than yours. And it defeated the purpose of all the principles that they stand for. So I was even, like, even within, I, I imagine, you know, even within, so you might be Muslim talking to a Muslim, but you're going to say something that isn't in line with what they believe. Yeah. Historically, you might have some accurate information this and now you're, you know, you're, you're, um, I don't know what the word would be. I can't remember. Not you're, you're, you're re uh, revisionist. Yeah. You're, you're changing the, the truth. You're changing the meaning that was in, and they'll, you know, that creates conflict within the religious groups itself. Yeah. You yeah. Know? You know, no, that's not what the prophet meant. You know, peace be upon him. Yeah. That is what he meant. No, that's not what he meant. And, and you just have this, Exactly. Yeah. yeah. So, so what I started to do was I started to realize, like, you know, I knew that the principles were more important, but I was like, you know what? I, I, I tried to spend a little bit time, like, kind of like a bridge, like, Hey, listen, I want to, I want to, I want you guys to realize that these are the most important things. And, and the way to do that was to say, Hey, listen, you know, uh, maybe we, maybe we need to get to the deeper understanding of, of, of our traditions, you know? and to clarify those things and then get to those principles, you know, because I felt like people needed that, that bridge to get there. You know, you can't just tell somebody, Hey, understand something without giving them some kind of step-by-step -step way of understanding why you need to understand something. Um, but then I realized like, you know, even that there's so there's people that are so stuck in their, uh, in the idea of competing, uh, competing traditions, like it's like a sport. It's like Yankees versus Mets or whatever, you know. Uh, it's just a weird competition thing. And it's like it's happening even at a subconscious level where people can't put the importance of the principles above everything else, which is really the meat and potatoes of it all. Without the principles, you're, you don't have anything. Um, 
it's like an empty house, you know, so, or a house with no foundation. Um, so I just gave up on that because people, I mean, I didn't give up on it. I kind of dabbled here and there. I put my foot in the, back in the pool. I put my toe in the pool and try to see who I can like, you know, uh, get to, you know, open their eyes. But, uh, you know, it's, it's, it's just really, it's just a, it's just a mess out there. Just like the Republican Democrat thing. It's just a complete shit show. You know, it's, um, it's all messed yeah. up. But they're playing it like teams. Um, I made a video. I don't know if you saw it called the left, right, the misunderstanding between the left, right dichotomy. I mean, the dichotomy, what I forgot now what I called it. Uh, yeah. The misunderstanding between uh, the misunderstanding of the left, right dichotomy. I don't know if you saw that. Um, I, it, it kind of rings a bell, you know, um, it does, it does ring a bell. I don't quite remember the content that I have watched so many videos, but I do recall that. So basically what I was talking about was, you know, what I noticed is that, you know, the idea of being liberal, the idea of being conservative, um, these are all ways of looking at something, Right. So let's say me and you approach a situation, right? We see a homeless person and I look at the homeless guy and he's asking for money and you say, hey man, let's give him some money. Give him like 20 bucks or something, right? And you just believe whatever he says off, off the cuff, right? Because you see that he's like, he's disheveled, he's messed up, um, you know, all these different things. And I look at you and I'm like, no, that's going to actually enable him to continue to be worse. You know, he's never going to fix himself if you just always, you know, he always can rely on someone to give him something, right? What you're seeing right there in that little um, encounter is a conservative versus a typical conservative and a typical liberal approach, right? So the conservative is like, no, I care about you and me caring about you is not enabling you to be, to continue being the way you are, you know? The liberal approach is no, but if, if you, if you, you gotta, you gotta give him love, you gotta give him support, you gotta give him sympathy. Otherwise he's going to get even worse. So who's right and who's wrong. Every situation is different. You know, we don't know when to do what it's very hard. We have to first work together to see whether or not this situation requires more of a conservative approach or it requires more of a liberal approach. Every situation is different. And because the context changes and situations change, you can't really say I'm Republican, so Republicans are right. I am a Democrat, Democrats are right. That's the dumbest, stupidest thing that I'm watching happen all over the country with people of all ages, adults, people that I would normally look up to and say, wow, this guy's so smart. And then you see them do something as ridiculous as you know, turn these things into like teams and you know, call people lefties or righties. And like, it's just, it's just such ridiculousness and such stupidity. Uh, to approach two ways of thinking that are both legitimate and both necessary and have to be, and you have to be nuanced in every situation and find out what's the situation. Um, even on a micro level in families, right? Traditionally, the father is more conservative and the mother is more liberal, right? And when you raise children, it's important to have both understandings. If, if the child is only exposed to a very conservative heart, you know, very strict conservative side, they're going to be imbalanced. There's a risk that they're not going to have empathy when they grow up, you know, because they didn't have it when they were younger. And if you only get the motherly, loving, give him whatever he wants, you're going to make a brat. 
a brat that just feels like they deserve everything and they don't have, it's, it's another imbalance. So you have to create balance. And um, just like you need balance in the home, you need balance in a society and a balance in a community, a balance in a nation. And the fact that we keep doing this team sport politics bullshit is just so unbelievably stupid and unbelievably, I expect it from kids. You expect these things from kids. You don't expect them from adults. Yes, adults argue, yes, yes. But to be to be a grown man, like 50 something years old and spend- the People have gotten divorced over it. Yeah, <laughs> it's you spend crazy. your days calling people snowflakes and vice versa, you know, calling every Republican a racist. Like this is so stupid. Can you imagine? Like that's crazy. If my if my if I grew up in that world and my parents talked like that about, that's another. That's that's it's, it's like when you know racism. Like yo, you know the blacks do this or whatever, or, or look the, these guys the the, the spics do this, you know, or the Puerto Ricans do that or whatever. Look at the Muslims, the ragheads. You know what I mean? They do this. You know, it's it's the same nonsense. You know, it's just so stupid. It's unbelievably stupid because. Everyone's looking to have their lives to be better, right? We want a better nation, a stronger nation, make America great again. You're not going to make shit great if you keep doing this team sport politics thing. There's no way. The science does not add up. You will lose, guaranteed, if you don't come together as a people and understand that if you're conservative, you need some liberal friends. If you're liberal, you need conservative friends because you don't want to get to any extreme. If you're, if you're on the right slightly, you don't want to go too far right. So you need your liberal friends. Hey, bro, this is a little too much. And you're like, oh, okay, I got it. You're right. I, I didn't see. I was going a little bit too much on that side. And then as a liberal, you need a conservative friend. Like, hey, listen, you need to get off your ass and stop complaining. And nobody's going to do shit for you. You know what I mean? You need those energies, yeah. the energies at the end of the day. It's, it's like a yin and yang energy. Well, that's, that shit is, is sorely missing in this country. The, the, the division is... I mean, sometimes, man, because, you know, I have a very uh, wide array of contacts on all my yeah. social media and stuff. So sometimes I feel like my head's going to explode because I I'll do. see the same article. Right. So let's say um, um, AOC talks about the Green New Deal. So the first post I'll see is AOC cares about the government. She's changing everything. Then the same article is shared by another person that says, AOC and the uh, the snowflakes are are destroying the coal business, you know. So like two completely, you know, like the actual exact same link shared with two completely opposing views, and it's all the fucking time. And sometimes I'm just like, what the fuck, man? Like it drives me crazy because it's like, listen, we can. We can reason. And I've been told, you know, from people on both sides that, you know, they, they, they think I'm supporting the other side by trying to be reasonable. So like a liberal will say, you know, Angel, maybe you need to look at your racist views because you're still friends with, with these white supremacists. And then a white supremacist or, well, the ones they're calling a white supremacist will say, Angel, you know, how, how did you ever wear the uniform if you hate America so much and you hate the police? You know, like I'm getting on both ends, you know, yep. um, because it's not. And, and I've been told that I play both sides, that I try to play both sides. It's not that I'm playing both sides. It's just that we'll use let's use police brutality sometimes. Right. 
Um, let's use that one as an example. Sometimes those cops are tripping. Yep. Sometimes they're yep. doing bad shit. And sometimes yep. a bad is committing a fucking crime. Exactly. <laughs> you know, let's fucking let's let's be honest here. Yeah. Uh, there's times where the guy is innocent and he's being fucked with by a dirty ass cop who should not be a cop. And then yep. there's times where he's got a gun and he's trying to kill someone. And so the fact that I can distinguish those two things, I don't think it makes me a bad fucking guy. It's just, yep. I'm, I'm objective. Yep. And there's, there's difficulties sometimes. Sometimes yep. I run into some of them where I have a problem because it, it, it comes down to facts. We may not have all the facts or what you and I see may be perceived different because of our lenses, you know, our, yep. our, our way of looking at things. You know, I might see something that I say, oh, that guy shouldn't have done that. And they'll say, well, what was you supposed to do? You know, so it's, it's, it's very difficult to, to be objective. And I've, I've been accused pretty hard sometimes let by me, people. Let me give you a quote from my book. That, that covers exactly what you're talking about. There's a chapter in my book called Ready for War, right? And um, it's, it's a play on words because the reason, the reason why it's called, hello? Yeah. Yo. The, the reason why it's called Ready for War is because it teaches you how to fight an intellectual war, not a physical war. And how hmm. to understand the things that you're going you're gonna to come across when you're, when you're engaged with people intellectually. And in the chapter called Ready for War, it talks about all these different things that you need to keep in mind when you're engaging someone. And one of the things that it says, it says, um, if you wonder how to know if you're impartial in talks between one group and another, know that the one who is impartial is considered a traitor to a third in both groups, mm. is confused by another third in both groups, and is considered honest among the last third in both groups. So the minority will always understand where you're coming from in both sides. You know right. what I mean? But there's going to be a portion of both sides that are going to consider you a traitor to both their sides, you know, and that's what you're experiencing, you know? So you have to know that this is what's going to happen because you're always going to get a segment of the population that there's going to be a segment of Democrats that are going to look at anyone who doesn't ally with their stuff as you're a traitor. That's it, plain and simple. Even if you're Facebook friends with this other guy, you might not even be a real friend with this guy. You might be just Facebook friends with this person and engage them just to have a, a healthy debates. And they're looking at it like, oh, you're friends with this guy? You're a racist. Yeah. Yeah, you you're, you're low-key supporting their views and stuff. I've been told yeah. that by people. I've had yeah. people message me on the side and say, hey, man, I want to holler at you, A-Rod. You know? And I'm like, what's up? He's like, yo, um, what's up with that? Yeah. You know, and, and people have, you know, like not attacking me, just straight up asked me. And bro, and I made a video just explaining why Trump won, why I think Trump won the election. This is back in 2016. All I ever said was, this is why I think he won. I didn't say I endorsed him or I voted right. for him or I'm pro Trump. I didn't say none of that. I said, hey, guys, I have an idea. I didn't see anybody mention this factor, but I think this is a big factor in why he won. So I made that video. And dudes were deleting me like left and right. And mm. I was like, this was not a pro-Trump video, you idiot. This was to explain to you what happened. If anything, take this advice. And during the next election, maybe, you know, things will be different. Yeah, yeah. yeah that's, the, that's the problem, man, that you can't make it. Even you making a statement like that is going to be perceived as you're supporting him. You're saying this is why he won. Woo! 
That's not what you're saying. That's not what I'm saying. You know, you know, it's crazy, man. The, the, and you know what? And you know what it was? Let me tell you what it was, because it still reigns true today. This is what I said, and tell me what you think about this. Mm. I said I was like, people don't understand how much the American public hate the government. They don't understand how much resentment we have towards the government, and how much distrust is in the American public for the government and for politicians in general. So because of this, people don't understand that there's a large segment of the population that voted for Trump because he's at, he, he represents that. He represents, and then and when people say, oh, did you hear what he said today? He said this. Now nobody should ever vote for him. Where's his supporters coming from? Why do they support him? They actually support him more when he does that crazy shit. You know why? Because that's another moment where they're like, you see, he's still not connected to the government. They can't control him. So he's still a viable candidate. They don't care about what he's saying. All they care about is that they can't be controlled, that he doesn't talk like a politician because they hate the government so much. What they call the bro, swamp. Bro, bro. <laughs> the swamp. They, Drain the, the swamp. People hate the government so much that people believe the earth is flat because NASA is technically, they look at it like it's the government. They consider big science part of the government, part of this government conspiracy. Government conspiracies went from wars like Vietnam and the Gulf of Tonkin incident and all that stuff. It went from that and it just spread out to the point where everything's like almost everything's a conspiracy. You know what I mean? So people are not looking at the signs, bro. Like you're seeing grown men saying that you know, all these things are conspiracies and you just sitting there saying, ha, dudes are crazy. Yeah, but what made them like this? You know, and how do we fix this situation? How do we resolve this? And we don't, we're not trying to approach it. The Democrats are definitely not approaching it. They're not doing, every Democratic leader looks like it's the same spiel over and over again. And yeah, well, when we, we tried to speak up on who we wanted, right, a lot of, a large segment. So I registered as Democrat so I can vote in primaries, right? Um, I couldn't vote in the New York primaries if I was independent. Um, my vote didn't matter then. So I registered as a Democrat to make sure that I can get into primaries. Um, mm -hmm. But, um, you know, and, and I'm going to support Biden. Um, but Biden, how long has he been in? 47 years in politics? He's a career politician. He's been holding to his donors. And I don't expect anything to change yeah for for good right they and i keep i keep uh reaching out to him on twitter i'm like hey come on the podcast let's talk talk to an average regular american person who wanted bernie right and yeah. and convince me that you're for real because i don't believe it you know i don't believe it at all so you know i i'm 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 voting for him because i feel like that pendulum needs to keep swinging you know, I feel like it's swinging, you know, and honestly, man, I, I don't fucking know, man. People throw stats at me. They throw things at me and, There's and no way to know. There's I don't no way fucking to know. know what the truth is. You know, like, like they say, well, Trump's done the most for black people. He's done the most. You know what, man? It might be true, but I don't yeah. fucking know. I have no, yeah. it, the, the problem with that guy is he talks so much shit that he doesn't even give you enough. Like, let's take when he got sick now, right? When yeah. he got sick, I said, you know, I hope he recovers. We can't have an American president dying. Yeah. 
You know, yeah. I want him to recover, get well, finish his term, right? Yeah. And then two days later, as after he got sick, he puts up a tweet saying, um, don't let COVID dominate your life. Don't don't be weak. Don't, and I'm like, come on, man. Even on something like this, you got to be an asshole. You know, like he makes it so difficult to 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 support or defend him, even if he does something right. You know, like he's released some people from prison who I thought were, were very fair of him. You know, yeah. that, that he pardoned. And I gave him credit for that because I thought those were right things to do. Now, he may have done other right things. I don't know. I don't know. But he makes it impossible for me to want to know or for me to see because he does so much other stupid shit that you can't even see anything good because it's covered up in the you know like like the avalanche of dirt that he fucking creates so maybe there's those you know if he would just shut the fuck up maybe we could see if he's actually done anything but i never get to see it now if if um daniel erskine from my fucking wall tells me trump did this fuck you man you're you're supporting the guy by default i can't believe you I need yeah. to see real shit. Yeah, but Trump never gives you the opportunity to see it because he doesn't shut the fuck up. Yeah, He's exactly. always talking shit. He creates this cloud. You can't see it. So by default, I got to say, you know what? I'm, I'm going to go with Biden. You know, yeah. what choice do I have in this scenario? We, you know, we, you know, I believe in cause and effect. And uh, we as a country, but not we like me and you, but, you know, it's still collectively we, uh, you know, the media sensationalized all this behavior um and then when it when it we were just like okay well it's not presidential like you could do all this shit but as long as you're not the president that's fine but then when you do it as a president you know the person themselves they don't think about it like that they just think like well i thought you guys love this and then people are voting for me so they must love it you know what i mean so we create our own monsters you know Um, and and then we don't want to face it we don't want to we don't want to admit our faults, you know. I, I've never seen any, uh, you know. I don't see people saying that. I don't see people saying, "Yo, we we created this. We did this." You know what I mean? The shit just doesn't spontaneously appear out of nowhere. Something happens, you know. Just like with, you know, people. It's like, oh, why are black people protesting or whatever? You think they just wake up and they just want to start protesting for no reason? Like who? That that, that this is not the way you figure things out. The way you figure things out is you understand why things happen what's causing somebody to react a certain way or people or community or an individual, whatever it is. And um, that's all I do. I'm not even, you know, I don't even talk about how often do you see on my wall, anything about politics? I can't, it's, 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 I can't get into this. It's like too much. And it's like, why speak about like, you know, you know, Democrat or Republican when we can't address the basic phenomenon of what is conservative and liberal and why both are important. If you can't understand that, then you're just you've you've turned uh, you've turned a very uh, important, nuanced, balanced way of looking at things by having a conservative and a liberal both approach a situation and see contextually, does this require more of a conservative approach or does it require more of a liberal approach? Every situation is different. And this is the truth about everything. And if you can't have respect for both schools of thought and when to use them and when not and, and, and the process of it then you just don't deserve to be talking about politics at all. You're just making it worse for everyone because you're creating this team mentality bullshit and just wasting everyone's time. And it becomes one giant shit show and nobody knows what the hell to do. And that's what I'm seeing. And and I, like I said, I expect this from children. I did not expect this from adults, but I think 
media is so powerful, man, that it just permeates the mind. It doesn't matter how old you are. Well, you see them, how they talk now? You know, I saw Cuomo yesterday, and he says, here's the president. This is bullshit. Since when is it cool for a journalist to get up there? I, I, had, I had watched this documentary on Netflix about, I believe it was the news and how it went from actual reporting of facts to um, commentating. So there was a period when the news was just the news being presented as facts. And now you have people who provide commentary and opinion. Now you got a guy like um, Cuomo and he's on here cursing about the president in the media. Since when is that okay to curse? That's you know, the thing. Like, you know, you know, like they say you become what you hate, you know, if, if you, if you engage and you let them make you like them, then you lost. That's the moment you lost because now you're in their world and you're playing according to their rules. Like, okay, well, I'm going to do, I'm going to talk like you too. You know, why are you compromising your own integrity? And I understand that people are emotional and you get angry and all that but but this you is you're, you're in a professional position exactly. like this is a blog exactly. right this is a podcast we're talking yeah. casually well you know um but even here in this platform when i talk to a, a candidate for new york city council or whatever i speak professionally if i'm talking on a you know like on a, a bigger platform that uh, is a more of a professional thing i speak professionally this yeah. guy's on cnn and he's saying that's bullshit fuck you know it's like come on man you're supposed yeah. to be a you're 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 supposed to be a professional you know um and and this is not i'm not um bashing his views i'm bashing the fact that he's being unprofessional and you know bro it's a it shit doesn't show. make sense yeah well that that's the that's the exact word it, it's it's all a shit show right now man and it'll it will only get worse before it gets better right <laughs> I, it, it's it's one of those things that you learn the hard way but i in this situation i'm afraid of what the hard way is because it's a national situation so the hard way is not going to be an individual you know or these guys are going to figure it out no we're all going to get hit so i don't know what that's translating to um, I feel like it's a mitosis, you know, where like there's a split occurring and, um, I don't know how this is going to play out because it's, it's all an intellectual situation. So it's kind of like, I, I just don't know. I, I can't, I can't fathom all the different possibilities of, of how this is going to play out, but it's not going to be good because, you know, kids that refuse to eat their medicine, they're going to get sick. So that's just what it is. Bro, yeah, man. we digress. Yeah, we digress, man. <laughs> Bro, let's so crazy, man. It's, it's yeah, it's it's freaking nuts, man. Dude, we are we are in an hour and twenty minutes. I know. Um, let's um let's close it out on a more positive note. You know. Um, yeah, yeah. Tell everybody um how they can find you. Um, what what you know where they can get the app, of course. You know, um, and, um, you know, we'll, we'll call it, man. It's been good talking yeah. to you, brother. It's been a while, man. Yeah. It's we'll dope that it. we could we could have a conversation. It's almost like we used to do back when, when I'd be recording, sitting on the couch. But we're yeah. doing it, you know, virtually now. But it's dope, man. I, I love this shit, man. I love it. So um, I'll just let everybody know. Uh, Artists Connect 
is a booking application for creative freelancers. So if you're a photographer, a videographer, any kind of freelancer that does anything creative, singer, songwriter, musician of any kind, um, rapper, uh, graphic designer, uh, audio engineer, you know, to handle all your bookings. Cause obviously me as an audio engineer, I made it with, uh, to accommodate us as well. Um, do all your payments through Artist Connect. And I'll tell you why to summarize. Go to artistconnectapp.com, download it. It's a free app, free to register, set up your prices, accept your payments through Artist Connect and you'll get new clients that you would have never got before. Right now you're taking payments through Cash App or Venmo or other payment platforms. They don't do anything else for you. Yes, they'll give you the money electronically. That's great. But they don't promote you in search results in a community of people who are looking for someone like you to hire. You know what I mean? So why wow. accept payments through another platform when, that won't get you new clients when you can accept payments through Artist Connect, which will have your written agreements. You'll get automatic insurance for your agreements. You can hold your deposits, organize all your receipts, your, your, your work history, and get promoted literally every time you get paid. You get move up in rank in your category. So I made it so that, you know, it's, it's extremely beneficial for people like us, creative freelancers. Um, so yeah, artistconnectapp.com. A-R-T-I-S-T-C-O-N-N-E-C-T-A-P-P.com. Head to the website right there on the front. As soon as it loads, you'll see Play Store um, and App Store. You can download for Android or iPhone. It takes five minutes to register, set up, and um, good luck. You know, I'll give you the tools for you to uh, take your talent and uh, make money off of it to the point where you can be hopefully financially independent and be able to do just your craft. That would be amazing, you know, and mm. at, at best and at worst, you have way more supplemental income than you would have had, uh, you know, in this pandemic in this, in these weird, crazy times, you know, Yeah, multiple streams of income. <laughs> That's how it's gonna be. Yep. All right, brother. It was good talking. We'll talk again soon. Yeah, no doubt, bro. And good luck on the app, man. Good luck on that. I'm hoping, you know, I'm hoping you become that 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 next big player in that in that space, you know? Be like, yeah, I yeah. know that guy. Yeah, I do. <laughs> nope, let's see. Let's see how it plays out. And if anybody wants the uh, you know, they want to get a book that is, you know, talks about like ideas like the law of attraction, you know, deep spiritual spirituality and philosophy, the cradle of prophecy is on Amazon now, 13 bucks. I guarantee it's going to be a good read for you. You're going to find it enlightening, inspiring. And uh, yeah, that's it. That's what's up, man. Thanks for coming on the show, brother. I appreciate it. I, I got a couple episodes of you coming up because I got the I got one already up. I'm going to have you on this. And I got that long-ass four-hour uh, the, 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 the one with the, uh, the media distortion. <laughs> for the hardcore fans yeah yeah <laughs> that's what's up bro it's good talking to you man i'll All holla right. at you peace peace brother you are listening to the nyc talking podcast www.nyctalking.com please like nyc talking on facebook please follow angel r talk on twitter and instagram we are nyc talking the realest lifestyle blog ever. Thanks for listening.